Hello, 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 and welcome to Stay Paid. My name is Sefton Eisenhardt, and with me, as always, is Reminder Media Company President Luke Acre. Now, full disclosure, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. You can probably hear it in my especially unattractive voice this week. But I thought we're you were also, just trying to sound sexy. That's I was. This is not my new radio voice. This is me <laughs> just being very, very ill. I hope you guys don't get sick. It's called we're, dedication. We're recording this podcast from a closet uh, in King of Prussia. But uh, we're also lucky enough to once again have the VP of marketing here at Reminder Media, Joshua Stike, with Hello. us. So hopefully he can take a lot of the, the verbal weight off me. But uh, last week we talked about... The four questions that your website needs to answer to be effective. And when we were doing the podcast, we wrapped it up and realized that there was still a lot more to talk about. So this week, we want to drill down into specifically what makes a great landing page and some of the CTAs and copy that can help you accomplish that. Yes, it was funny. I was looking at stats for landing pages before we got on this podcast earlier today, just going, hey, what's out there? What's the 2017 stats? This one stood out to me, which I think should be important to everybody listening to this. Only 48% of marketers build a new landing page for each marketing campaign. And I think, you know, there's so much meat on the bone when we talked about the last podcast of what your website should answer. But this one in particular, I think is super important because the purpose of your website is to drive leads. And the purpose of those leads is for you to get on the phone and close them and drive revenue for your business. And so the lead or landing pages, as you might call them, I think is such a critical you know, topic and something that you should be doing in your marketing plan. I think today what we want to do is break down for you, you know, we're calling it the anatomy of a landing page, but we want Josh, because this is his expertise. I think what were you saying? We have what, 500 landing pages right now? Well, not, over, not 500. We have 500 pages on our site. Okay, we have 500 pages on our site. We have at least over 100 uh, landing pages that are sitting on our site right now. Well, there was another crazy stat. Let's see if I can find it real quick. But it was like if you have 40 plus landing pages you are increasing your chance of getting leads like by 44% or something like that. I'll see if I can find that stat and get it for you guys. Or no, here it is. It's your 40 plus landing pages. You get 12 times more leads than those with five or less. We just got done out of a meeting uh, setting up our next week's web sprint, which is how we kind of measure out our, our weekly uh, web uh, work effort. And we set up five landing pages to be created next week alone so yeah, there for you holiday go. marketing. So you should be thinking to yourself, if you're a real estate agent, if you're an insurance agent, if you're a financial advisor, you know, and if you're in business, if you're in sales, what landing pages are you creating? And what we want to do is we want to walk through... When you look at your landing pages, this is really how your landing pages should be laid out, and this is kind of what should be on there. So we're going to break down for you guys the anatomy of the landing page and really explain to you kind of how your landing page should feel, how it should flow, and what should be on there. And the first point is your copy. And so, Josh, I'm going to let you take it away and talk to us a little bit about the copy of the landing page Yeah, definitely. I mean, even before we get into that, kind of looking at the landing page versus the homepage, why why is your landing page different? Um, because with you, when you have your homepage, we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, it's going to have a lot of different purposes for your business, right? So if you are um, bringing people back to your website regularly because you're producing new content, you know, your website has to facilitate return visitors. If you're bringing people there for the first time because they're learning about your brand, you need to create an experience that's going to meet um, the needs of those first-time visitors as well. So it has a lot, a lot of jobs to do, which is what makes landing pages so much fun, right? Because you have one job to do 
when you're producing a landing That's page. That's to drive leads. <laughs> to drive leads. So as we kind of look at what the anatomy of a landing page would look like, this is more just what we've learned um, as well as, you know, what we've <clears throat> tested over over the years. And hopefully you can take some, um, you know, tips from that and apply it to your own pages. But to get started, you know, if you don't have a website, that would be the very first thing you should do. And I think we talked about that in our last podcast. And then how to kind of get that set up is to, uh, find someone that you know that uh, can help you uh, use the resources that are available online, working within either the business that you're in or finding someone that uh, may be going to school for web design, right? Ask around your family, see if they know anybody that might be going to school looking to get an opportunity to start their first site. And then uh, as you get that site set up, then you'll be able to start creating additional pages that are designed specifically to, to generate those leads. To drive leads. And a point I would make, which we I think we referenced on the last podcast, but it's in front of me screaming to me, a one-second delay in your sp- site speed can result in a 7% reduction in your conversions. So when you're building your site, just keep in mind the speed is the of the utmost importance. I Actually, we I was saying that copy is probably the first thing you should focus on, but I guess I should take that back and say speed is the first well, thing. Well, copy's should... mood if the page never loads. <laughs> if the page doesn't load. So speed, it's got to be fast. So yeah, your first your first thing, and this is something that Seth works on a lot, is, is our copyright. So setting up your main headline. Um, famous advertiser, ad man, David Ogilvy says 80% of your dollars being spent in your headline. And that's backed up with statistics. We know that when people visit sites, uh, 80% of people are going to read your headline and, and nothing else. Um, so make sure that that is compelling, that you're speaking to the audience that you're bringing your, um, your landing page visitors to, and that you have a supporting headline that goes along with that. And if you're doing advertising, and this is something that we'll get more into later, but if you're doing advertising through email, through Facebook, through Google AdWords, make sure that your landing page copy matches the text that brought them in from the ad in the first place. Interesting. Why is that? Is that you just see that the messaging has to be consistent? You're not because a lot of times when I think about designing an ad, it's like you only have a limited amount of space, like on your Facebook ad, and so you try to fit in one point, and then when you get them to your landing page, you want to say the other point that you wanted to say in your Facebook ad, but you didn't have enough room. But yeah. you're saying don't do that. So two reasons. One, one, um, any advertising site that you're using to bring people to a page, they are going to uh, give you preferential treatment if your copy on your landing page matches that in your ad, because it's basically okay. saying, okay, this person isn't trying to deceive the visitor by telling them it's one thing it's the and then and switch. Doing, exactly. saying something yeah, else yeah, on the yeah. page. So having that consistent, whether it's wording or consistent idea, you know, there's a lot of money being spent on these sites. So they have the teams, they have the, um, the checks in place to make sure that those things are being consistent. They'll actually favor your ad because of that. So you have a better chance of connecting with your audience. Interesting. I think a good point to make, like, because a lot of our listeners are salespeople. So what they're doing all day is trying to close deals, whether it be over the phone or face to face. When I think of your copy in, in Josh is saying kind of this headline, what I would think of is like, what is your bold claim? What is your, you know, power statement? I think as Zig Ziglar would say or Grant Cardone would say is you go in to your cold call and you want to make your bold claim within the first really 10 to 15 seconds because that's what's going to hook somebody and keep them interested for that next 15 seconds and that next 15 seconds. So I think that's what this is translating to online. This is really your bold claim. Yep. And then usually your headline is going to be paired with a hero shot. This is the large image or video at the top of your website 
the first thing that people see when they get to your page. Uh, and then think about the types of images that you want to use here. This should be things that um, will give your audience an idea of what it's like to work with you. If you're a, a business professional that's providing a service or it could be kind of the benefit or the value. So if you're in real estate, you're going to want to show a family that's happy, that's sitting in a new home, that's seeing this beautiful new living room that they could <laughs> own if they were to only use you to, to look for their, their next home. So think about um, put yourself in your audience's shoes because you know who you're bringing to this page and what's going to resonate and connect with them emotionally. That'll keep them on the page. I'm going to sound borderline cliche here, but it truly is the picture speaks a thousand words. And we talked about it in the last uh, podcast, but it's this idea that it can evoke this emotion in you. And when you think of your, I remember a conference we went to, I think it was Inman Connect in, in New York. They talked about, there was a guy from Facebook there that said, you know, your thumb is scrolling on Instagram seven times faster than a computer mouse. And he was talking about advertising and using Instagram and Facebook ads. And what he said was, use a really compelling picture because that's your only chance of like capturing someone's attention enough to where they stop and look at your post. And so, you know, when you think about your hero images, Make sure you're actually using something that's compelling or evokes emotion. Yeah, because we call it emo- stopping power. Yeah, emotion is what yeah. causes people to take action. Yeah, because the image is going to be the thing that actually draws somebody in to read the headline. Right. You're rarely going to find a situation where a headline gets somebody to look at a picture, but you will get a lot of situations where a picture gets somebody to read the headline, which gets them to read more of the copy. It'd be interesting. I have no idea um, what the research would show, but it'd be interesting to see if over time we're now more pi- picture-centric in our day and age versus text because I find myself not even wanting to read emails anymore. I just want to see it in a picture, but <laughs> well, I, the way I wonder we if that's the technology. GIFs and emojis and everything like yeah. that, you are seeing this strange visual communication that does not so, require So the takeaway for you guys, because we're <clears throat> tangential now, is just a website full of GIFs. <laughs> or just emojis. I mean, yeah, if you, you can do get all your point emojis, across yeah. with emojis, you've won. <laughs> no, I love it. So you have your copy. You're, then you, you're, after your headline and you're focusing on your headline, you got your hero image is what you're saying. Next, you lead us into this benefits. Yeah. You know, what are you talking about there on the anatomy? So a benefit is where you get you get to get into a little bit more detail. So as long as you're capturing people, and, and if we're kind of going in order, uh, and we'll, we'll sort of help order these a little bit for you later, but your benefits are going to be the um, bullet points that summarize what you offer or what you provide. Gotcha. Uh, and this can be uh, your... Um, your features, it could be your services, it's whatever can differentiate you from everybody else out there. So it's an it's really the only opportunity you have on that landing page to tell a little bit more if someone's not convinced to raise their hand at that point. Gotcha. So for like us, it would be this idea of the stay classy, like the classiest way to connect with your you know, client so, base. Yeah, I mean, that's that would be more of like our headline. And then what we would do is we would start to bring in the features of our products uh, into the bullet bulleted list, right? Gotcha. This will be our benefits that where we start talking about, you know, 38% of people that receive the magazine have referred their business professional because they get the magazine. These are the things that we would begin to list out that would um, would help someone who wasn't ready to convert when uh, in that hero image as they work their way down their page a little bit, um, help them... Uh, uh, convert a little bit better. Love it. So you're looking like if you're a real estate agent, you're almost looking to your unique value proposition of what you bring to the table, whether it's your, I guess, reputation of how many homes you've sold in the past, your time on the market. So our homes sell within 31 days, you know, that type of idea. It's, it's your chance to back up the bold statement that you made. You got their attention with a bold statement. Now you have to back it up and you have to try to provide some level of proof. So if you do 
some kind of specialty, like you discussed, you know, specialist always out outweighs a generalist. Right. You need to be able to prove it in that piece of copy right there. I love it because when you're looking at this, and you guys don't have the benefit of seeing the paper that I see in front of me, but what they've walked through for us is they got your headline, right? That's your bold claim that you're drawing people in. You got a hero image that evokes this emotion and, and gets people to actually stop and read the headline. Then you're actually listing, hey, this is what we bring to the table from a benefits perspective. And then the next point that they have is social proof. So talk to me a little bit about what's the difference between benefits and social proof? How do they interact together? Because for me right now, even in my own mind, it feels like it's kind of the same thing, but it's not. Yeah. So social proof is going to be, you know, your benefits is you saying what you offer, how great you are. Social proof is other people saying how great you are. So if you're doing customer testimonials, if you are getting reviews on Facebook, if you're getting reviews on Yelp, make sure you're bringing them into your landing pages. They should be on your website as well, but make sure that those are, are visible on your landing page as soon as possible to just keep that person engaged in what you're offering. Now, one thing that has stood out to me with social proof is if you can, and this is always difficult because you're getting someone else to write for you, so you're not sure exactly what they're going to say, but use social proof that shows results in the social proof. A lot of times with you know social proof out there, whether it be testimonials, testimonial videos, a lot of times it doesn't talk necessarily about the results that you actually generate it. It kind of just refers to this person's a great person. Yeah. I loved working with them. So if you can encourage when you're getting those testimonials, encourage them to actually put, you know, like the results that numbers, happen, yeah, right? Numbers. Speak. Oh, we've, we've asked our customers, we do video testimonials and, and <clears throat> we've asked, you know, can we speak about the numbers specifically? Because when we put that thing on our website, we want that sentence to be the bold sentence because at the end of the day, that's why we're all in business. Right. And you think about this, guys, in the terms of the buyer's journey, right? So you have now, you've intrigued them because they see your bold claim. You're now showing them what you can do for their business, so you, this pain you solve for their business. So you're showing them the benefits. Then you're saying, but don't trust me. Don't take my word for it. Take the word of my clients. And so that word from your clients needs to back up what the benefits are. And so what you just claimed, if your social proof can say almost the exact same thing in a different way, you know, that's honestly what you want. And that's going to lead to the next point, which is the conversion goal and having a single conversion goal. The most important point, the single conversion goal. Remember, when it comes to landing pages, one page equals one purpose. Your call to action, the thing that you want your visitors to do, has to be singular and very, very clear. We have seen the conversion rate on our pages double whenever we've taken away multiple calls to action and, and focused on a single call to action. So what's that going to look like? It depends on what you're trying to get on your website. You know, if, if you are... Um, reach if you're trying to get new information or information from your visitors you know you're going to be using a form you can either have that form right on the page and sometimes you can have that form right inside the hero shot or you can have it in a button that leads to another page or pops up the form in a modal and remember your form should be as short as possible but as long as necessary whatever information you need in order to follow up with that um, that prospect because of the information that they are requesting uh, or whatever that call to action might be. You know, if, if the call to action is to join your, your newsletter list, then you only need an email. Maybe first name, last name, just so that you can keep your database clean and you can, um, when, when sending emails, you can say, you know, dear first name and it doesn't have to be generic. Uh, if you're doing a physical sample um, or some, something that has to be mailed, make sure you're capturing the name and the, and the address and then test. See if you can then add in later, well, now let's see if I can get the phone number. 
let's see if I can get the email and watch your conversion rates over time. It's interesting because I always translate things like these technical things, design things into sales because everything is so, there's like a consistent theme throughout life, whatever industry, whatever thing you're doing. The stat is 48% of landing pages contain multiple offers. And where this translates in my mind to sales is overselling. You tend to always want to just overload somebody with whether it be benefits or whether it be promotions. I know my guys out on the floor constantly, if they can't, if they don't feel like they intrigue somebody enough, they're going to throw, they're going to throw another promotion out there. Flash sale. But the truth is <laughs> you actually cause confusion in the mind of the client. When you give the client too many options, what happens to them is they have to think about it because now their brain, you know, they're just like, oh my goodness, I don't want to make the wrong decision. And so you've actually encouraged them to think about it when you've given them too many options. And this is translating directly to your landing pages. Don't give them too many options because they're not, they're going to have to think about it. And they're in that split second, as we say, you have, what was it, less than eight seconds to get a compelling argument so people get drawn in. Yep. You have split seconds here. And if you give people too much information on the landing page, too many ways where they can go, they're not going to make a decision at all. Burden of choice. The burden of choice, yes. So let me then, I guess, um, re kind of state what we just went over. So we basically have, when you look at your anatomy of your landing page, you're going to have your copy, which is your, you know, kind of compelling claim, your headline. You got your hero image. And you also said this could be a video uh, with your hero image. We didn't touch on that. I do want to touch on that. Should people be um, using videos in their landing page? Only because I did read a stat that said videos uh, have a chance of converting 86% more, which seemed outrageous to me. Um, have it, we tried that? Have we seen any success with our videos? It all depends on the video, right? And it also depends on what you're asking the person to do on the page. If your call to action is a very uh, clear, quick call to action, video might be hurting you. We have found that putting video on some pages actually hurts us. Uh, in other scenarios, you know, it is going to help you, um, particularly if you have an opportunity to uh, show that as like a background video or something we, where people are encouraged to click to view more. Um, Funny enough, it's on our website pages, the internal pages of our website where video actually works better than on landing pages. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder why that is. That is strange. To me... Well, you're invested a little bit, right? If you're coming to a website because you've you've searched for it or because you know the URL, you're already kind of... In, you're already curious. You're already trying to figure out, oh, what is this? I, I need... I need someone to sell me online before I give them their information right. in this particular scenario. When you're coming from a landing page, you're probably already a little bit sold because you clicked through the ad in the first place right. or you clicked on the link in the email. So you're just kind of wanting to get to that next stage a little bit faster. And whether or not that's true, if that's where that 86% is coming from, that's what we've seen. We've seen trying to lead with video on our landing page perform a little bit le worse. But when we lead with it on our internal uh, pages with our website where we can do um, an explainer video or something. See, that makes sense to me, though, when I think of it through the, the sales avenue of when you put a video on your landing page, that's almost like your call to action. It's like watching, watching that the video, video is the call, is to, the call action. to action. Yeah. And so now you've distracted, and in a way, they've made their choice, they made their decision, and they watched your video. But walking through again, guys, just the anatomy of a landing page. So you got your headline on your landing page, you got your hero shot, your video, then you want to have your form or your CTA, where they're at, you're actually trying to get them to do something. Underneath that, you would want your social proof to kind of encourage them. Remember, in the buyer's journey, people want to be convinced on logic, but they buy on emotion. So you need that when they start moving towards that button to click that call to action. They're going to be nervous. They need to be encouraged. I saw a great one. What was the one I sent you? It said, what, trusted by these companies? 
I was went to a landing page and I was going to fill out a form and I got to the landing page and felt to myself, oh, I didn't want to fill out the form. No, it said um, happy happy working with. Yes, or, or something like yeah. that. It was literally like they had a bunch of, like they were working with LinkedIn. They were working with a ton of different big companies and just right there by the form, they said like happily working with boom, 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 boom. And that encouraged me enough to fill out the form. So that's social it's proof. Oh, it, it is, is powerful. Those logos from other brands are powerful. And whenever stuff. you're a marketer or sales pe- um, person and you get sold or marketed to, you're like, dang it, they got me. <laughs> they socially hacked me. It's an inception sale. <laughs> and then immediately the email goes out, we need to do this. Yeah. So <laughs> then after your social proof, you have your reinforcement <clears throat> statement. What exactly so this, do you mean by that? Well, this kind of goes back to what you're saying in the beginning, where you were kind of looking at the reinforcement statement in that hero shot. That's where it should be consistent with the ad. This is where that statement comes into play, okay. right? You've already kind of gotten them interested. Now you're reinforcing them so that they continue to, to go through this narrative, right? You are creating a story even on the landing page. So they're going through this narrative so that they can get to their benefits and features if they're not sold yet. That's why you include your call to action up high. Then if you want to start getting, if you do get people that continue to scroll, you're just continuing to reinforce them, which takes you into your closing argument. Very similar. This is your this is your last chance to get them interested. And then your call to action again at the end. Now, is the closing argument in your mind, you know, I hate to use the QVC sale, but is this where you would put in like a ticker that's counting down where someone's not, you know, you have three days to buy? Uh, is that in your mind like a closing argument could be that way, like the urgency and you it could, could do it be. through time? I mean, yeah, we've done that where we do have a, a countdown a ticker that we just use, you know, like an HTML5 animation that sits there and counts right. down. Uh, it could also be kind of that closing uh, question, you know, um, what are you doing if you're not using this? Or right. how are you going to do this if you're not using me? You know, it could be that final thing that you might even do on the phone as a salesperson where you ask that question. And Correct. then we wait to see whoever speaks next loses. loses yeah. <laughs> that's, that's sort of the same car idea. Car sales. Yeah, it is car sales. <laughs> uh, and then last but not least, you reinforce with another CTA. Another call to action. Just yeah. because they're scrolling down the page at that point, and so you don't want them to lose that CTA. Yeah. So, guys, and you know, we're pretty much out of time, so that wraps up the anatomy of a landing page uh, for you. Next, we'll probably talk about a capture page versus a squeeze page. I mean, this topic can just keep going on and on and on. And I know with our listeners, a lot of you are salespeople. You're not necessarily in the marketing and the design, but I don't want you to be overwhelmed by this. This is something that you can do. There's a ton of tools out there for you to do, and we'll reference those tools in the show notes. So if you go to staypaypodcast.com, We'll put links to where you can find some of these tools. We'll talk about some of the tools next on the next episode. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you learned a lot of stuff that you can apply to your business and your web presence. I'd like to thank Josh Stike for being with us again. My name is Sefton Eisenhart. And I'm Luke Akery, guys. And I'll close with this. Take action on something you've heard today. Difference between a top producer and a mediocre agent is a top producer takes action. 